Welcome to the Content Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. This is Emily. Today we talk with Emily McEwen Upright. She's the owner of Gallery 1202 in Gilroy and also the founder of Sixth Street Studios and Art Center. Hey Emily, this is Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing great. It's it's good to hear from you. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about all the great things that you're doing down in the Gilroy South Valley area. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you too. Yeah, so now, first of all, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, because you you run Gallery 1202, and you've opened that up in 2019, which is like right before, a little bit before the pandemic. But um, what is what was the impetus for you to start uh, that gallery there um, in Gilroy? Well, um, I... You know, I've lived in Gilroy for several years. I bought my house, uh, my first house here in 2009. And over the years, I have noticed, you know, more and more kind of public art has been installed. And um, then I moved my tax tax practice downtown. And right after I had done my own uh, artist residency, so I had a bunch of art and I wanted to kind of put it up and... Once I opened the gallery, then I started noticing other art places and I just felt like there was kind of this disconnected art community that um, Mm -hmm. could really benefit from a more uh, kind of upfront contemporary uh, space that could connect Gilroy with uh, maybe some other South Bay areas like San Jose, you know, San Jose has some great contemporary art places that are a little bit more alternative. And uh, I love, you know, the fact that we're bringing art down from not just San Francisco, but all the way down through here um, into Monterey Bay. And so that, that was kind of my initial thought was just to create another art space here in Gilroy and kind of solidify our the presence of art in in this um, little agricultural town that is growing up pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, and you actually and the the gallery opened because the building is where you were doing where you do your tax business, correct? And well, then you opened I mean, up. The- yeah, we initially opened up the gallery just in the front like lobby area of my tax practice in April of 2019, and it just had, or I'm sorry, in December of 20. 17 and it just had my artwork in there okay and we were there for about a year and a half and then I decided to um create I wanted to create a larger space for the gallery and have it be more of a um, prominent space and have the tax practice kind of like in the back and so that's when we found our current space which is next to the neon exchange and so now we have our like large uh, gallery in the front and then the tax practice in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're, you're a tax accountant, you're, you're a spouse to a military, uh, person (laughs) and you have two kids, correct? Yes. Um, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> how do you how do you uh, manage uh, life and existence with so many things going on? What's your how do you stay sane? What do you what do you do to stay sane? Well, I think the um, I honestly think that the gallery did keep me sane. Um, you know, I uh, my husband since so we had our first child in. 2016 and since I basically found out I was pregnant my husband has been gone detached yeah. deployed however you know in whatever sense you want to call it um yeah about 65 percent of the time um wow. and so I've just decided you know I was doing my tax practice and everything and I just kind of wanted more fulfillment and so just decided to kind of pursue this artistic um, passion that I've had, but I knew I didn't want to do it in terms of my own practice because I wanted a little bit more time to focus on my practice than I have right now with two toddlers. Yeah. And so when my daughter was about six months old, that's when I really decided to move forward with the gallery thing. And it has just filled, it's just like has filled my life with so much satisfaction working with art, um, on a business yeah. sense, uh, which is what I, you know, really feel like I, where I belong, I guess you can say is kind of helping artists in the business business wise, but also promoting yeah. them without the pressure of having to make a living on my own in terms of with the gallery. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's, probably where it where it really works for me because i have the ta the very established tax pra tax practice and then but i also have this gallery thing and i don't depend on it for, to make a living and so i can just yeah reinvest and make things work for these marginalized artists and i just really yeah. love that so i think it's making me more sane than it would if i <laughs> just you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's just pushing the numbers right yeah right yeah so i love that and then that's you know, great i did this it was obvious about you know how many local artists we have here that i you know i can't do everything so i couldn't do that with the gallery i couldn't support them so that's where like, kind of the nonprofit came in so yeah that's great i mean it's great that you're I mean, you, you have obviously, I mean, you majored in like art history and you were an artist yourself, uh, you know, but the to the need for, right, for the space for artists to show and to have somebody who's going to be, you know, promoting them and trying to sell their work and networking with other galleries and other artists is so crucial. So what you're doing is is so important to the art world. And then I would think even for the Gilroy area, I mean, it's incredible, Um which could you kind of even the what would you say about the Gilroy art scene? What would or even Morgan Hill, South Valley? I'm not sure, you know, all the different <laughs> names well, we can go. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the need for like there's a lot of artists out here. And I think that I'm just kind of seeing the surface of it. Um, yeah. You know, we've had some longstanding um, organizations here like the Gilroy Arts Alliance and obviously we have like a um, arts commission here in Gilroy uh, but because you know I came uh, the gallery was established probably five months before the pandemic hit I haven't really been able to get um, every kind of I haven't really been able to connect the dots in terms of the art community um, yeah it's yeah. very disconnected so there's lots of artists but there's different types of artists and then there's like lots of different age groups and, 
interests and stuff like that. And so ideally, um, when I opened the gallery, I could see that there needed to be kind of this catalyst for connection. And so yeah, that's kind of where I branched off, you know, into creating this, um, the nonprofit sector of it. And, that, and I'm hoping to kind of bring the whole community together because I, you know, yeah. we have a lot of public art commissions, which are great and murals and that's fantastic. Um, but getting a resource of like a directory of artists for the South Bay would be incredible. Yeah, and incredible. like, yeah. you know, bring San Benito County, uh, the artists from there. Cause there's tons of artists out in Hollister. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so that's And when you're talking about the nonprofit, you're talking about the sixth street artist studio. Is that right? Yeah. Sixth street studios and art center, which yeah, art center. we're almost, we're almost up on our feet. So yeah, that's exciting. So, yeah. so okay. So not only do you, so then let me step back and go through the list. Uh, uh, military family, two children, tax company, gallery, and now nonprofit art community connection. So, yes. you really are incredible. Well, I appreciate that. I yeah, I definitely have to give credit to the people who I who I work with and who've like you know, kind of come on board with me because I, it wouldn't be possible without them. I have a really fantastic team of women that, um, work with me and yeah, they, they do amazing things. So, it's, you know, it takes a village. Yeah, totally. Of course. But I mean, you're, are you definitely like the type of person who organizes or brings, you know, brings people together and has ideas? Have you always kind of been like that? Is that, or is this kind of new kind of coming out? No, it's totally new. Um, so when my parents came to my first art fair, they were like, who are you? Because <laughs> I was like talking to people and really super, I'm really outgoing at art fairs, which is not my personality normally. Yeah. Um, but being married to an active duty military member and being part of the naval aviation community has actually really brought out like a very dormant social side of me and yeah. we have a very tight a tight-knit community in the aviation um naval aviation so you get you kind of like grow uh there and you become more comfortable with with uh, asking for help because yeah you there's only certain people who really understand what you're going through when it comes to like a nine-month deployment that's been extended twice and you've had to cancel your wedding um yeah. And, yeah. or you go through, you know, like not a lot of people understood how it was to go through not only a pandemic, but also a pandemic when your husband was deployed and moving in the middle of that. But, yeah. wow. you know, so you end up asking people for help where you normally would never, like, I wouldn't have asked people for help like that. And, um, now because I've gone through that and I've been in for 10 years with, uh, in terms of being married to a, an active duty military member for 10 years, I feel much more confident in creating those connections and asking yeah. for help and hire, you know, just things like that, like involving people in my ideas and my dreams. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it takes, it takes like a lot of growing to get to that spot for me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So then now, and so then now the gallery, there's definitely a mission and an attention to what you're curating at the gallery. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the gallery is definitely focused on um, 
on promoting and supporting marginalized artists. And that includes basically uh, mostly women artists because women Mm -hmm. artists, uh, you know, are not fairly represented in galleries. They're not represent, they're not fairly represented in museums, collections, anything like it's just, it's, there's a, such a huge gender gap and whether that is just from, you know, historical gender inequity or because, um, you know, a lot of artists really make it uh, bigger when they're younger and uh, women yeah. historically are, you know, raising families and things like that, where they have other priorities that they, you know, have to work with as well. And yeah. so a huge part of my mission has been to support um, women artists with young families and yeah. then um, just you know, women artists in general, uh, and then, uh, other artists, uh, artists of color, artists who work with taboo subject matters like birth. I have a birth photographer who's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Historical, historical stage births, um, abortion that, uh, we have an Indian artist who works a lot with women's rights over their bodies, abortion, things like that. Um, we actually just, had her work published in Le Monde, the French um, newspaper publication, cool. and yeah. a French collector bought it after it being published for about That's 24 great. hours. That's great. Yeah. yeah, so it's, you know, it has to get out there though. And a lot of galleries who depend on sales, you know, to make a living, they, you know, they don't want to take the risk and I think it's worth it. And so we also, represent artists who work with um alternative uh materials so we're doing a paper and fiber show in the summer and a lot of these materials that the artists are using have historically been seen as craft we also have a sculptor who uses all recycled upcycled materials and we're trying to elevate those um those artists in their in their work to be seen as fine art instead of as craft which yeah, is yeah. also a sign of gender inequity because right. craft is largely, you know, performed by women. So, yeah, 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 that's cool. So then, um, okay, so you've you have the gallery, and then now you've started. No, I'm going to get it. It's the Sixth Street Studio, and what's the name of the? Sorry, yeah, Sixth Street Stu- um, Sixth Street Studios and Art Center. An art center. Okay. And what's kind of then the mission and the goal for that? Because I think even you're going to have artist residencies as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I opened the gallery, I had a ton of people coming and asking me when I was going to represent local artists. And I do. I represent some local artists who fall in my mission um, statement for the gallery, but Mm -hmm. I can't support all local artists. Uh, And so when I saw that need, I you know, kind of was waiting for the perfect space to open up and it did in the old dispatch building. Yeah. So I created this organization that not only has artist studios, because I think that's important to create an artist community is having studios, affordable studios for artists in a collaborative sense. Yeah. But also to have exhibitions an opportunity for exhibition space and also classroom and workshop space yeah great Um, a lot of artists make a living teaching classes and it is very expensive to have a space that you rent out dedicated to that work um and so having these 
spaces where artists can rent by the hour or something like that makes it a little bit easier for them. So they don't have this huge commitment of a monthly rent in downtown because the rents are increasing every, yeah. you know, every day practically. That's great. Yeah. Now, I, I, is that officially opened or what is, where are you at in the, the process of that? Of yeah. So we, we've technically been open since February, but we're taking it pretty slowly because we're, we were working on the um, back half of the building. We had, we had some issues um, and we finally have overcome them in our warehouse studios and classroom space are finally finished as of uh, t- today. I think they're on the finishing <laughs> awesome. touches. Yeah. So, so does that mean like sheetrock and electricity, fire codes, yeah, all that stuff? Yeah. So we had a little bit of a problem with um, the realization that part of our building was sinking into the ground. Oh, ouch. Um, and, you know, we had some back and forth with our landlord and everything ended up turning out fine and great. It just took a little bit longer sure. than expected. Um, but now we're all we're all done. We have... Um, we have nine studios and right. all of them I've got, I have everything rented out except for one. And then we have an artist residency studio at the front, which is super exciting to have yeah. that availability for an artist to come in. Yeah. Now for like the, that artist residency, will you be doing just local artists or is that something going to open up international to kind of bring kind of that kind of uh, vibe? Yeah, so we are going to be, um, we're advertising it right now as regional, but we are opening it up to national and international. Uh, As of right now, we don't have anywhere, like if an artist wanted to come in, they could use the studio for free and all of our resources for free, but they would have to find accommodation on their own. Um, We're working with the city and the local uh, business association to see if we can create some sort of fund to help bring in artists because I think that would really benefit downtown Gilroy and really the South Valley in general, um, to have that, uh, kind of different perspective come into town. Yeah. What do you, I mean, so what is your thoughts on that, on the, on the relationship between the local and international? I mean, gallery, uh, 1202, you know, you're focused on a mission kind of like women underserved artists and voices um, and so then when you were putting shows and there are people there, then the local community was like, Hey, what about us? Right. So what, what, what do you think, how do you think those two play together between doing international or, you know, well-known maybe artists with the local community? How does that, how do they help or hinder each other? Well, I think that there, um, we have, so we're fortunate that we have the Gilroy Art Alliance next door to the gallery and they feature a lot of local artists as well. Yeah. And so we have, um, you know, we do have some good resources between the studios and the Art Alliance for local artists, but there has definitely been a, a spoken desire to have international influence and, you know, having outside art come in and uh, be able to experience that in Gilroy instead of having yeah. to go up to the city to see something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so the two... Um, is so, that, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, the voices that have been saying that, is that more kind of from the city political side or is that actually from the residents? No, from of, the residents, yeah. Okay. I, I actually haven't had a lot of conversations with the city. Um, 
I pitched this artist residency idea to the business association. I haven't heard back from them, so I don't really know what their, um, what their side of it is, but from the, from the patrons who've come into the gallery, um, I have gotten so much great feedback on having these international artists here and even, even artists from the East coast. Like we had a, um, a show in our newly renovated because I renovated the gallery since we last uh, did our interview with your magazine. And my first show in here was artists from all across the United States and people were just so taken. It was like a breath of fresh air for them to have this kind of new and different art and, and everything. And then we had our our show with our two artists from India. And uh, I think that people really, they really love it and they want to see it because on the other hand, it's international, but in Gilroy, we have such a mixed demographic of people that sometimes it's local to them, you know? Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. So now with, you know, so having the international work and local work and kind of bringing this all together, you also um, have a pretty robust online kind of experience, right? And I'm sure COVID is kind of like push that a little bit talk about that like how can you know gallery 1202 how has like uh the web helped um kind of like the expression of your shows and exhibits yeah so we definitely had a big a huge learning curve um i was we were very fortunate to get a couple fairs in-person fairs in before COVID hit which is great um and I had just joined a platform, an internet platform called First Dibs uh, a couple months beforehand. And when everything went dark, uh, I fully put, pivoted to uh, internet and really pushing the platforms that we have, the online platforms. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I stopped doing shows. I didn't do, um, I didn't really do any virtual shows at all during the pandemic until we opened up our gallery space again. Yeah. And so that internet sales were really good. Like they really, um, we grew a lot. We invested in, um, in printed print publication and art magazines because of that internet aspect, because people would also be looking, you know, they'd be at home looking at our magazines and then they could hop online. Um, and so that worked out really well for us. Now on the flip side, we also invested heavily into a virtual art fair with yeah. um, a really well-known uh, art fair vendor, and that did not go over well. And oh, really? It was just it was grossly mishandled the business aspect on their on the vendor's part, and there were so many upset vendors, um, who, exhibitors. And it was just, I think that they were trying to do something so different and so new and didn't quite have enough time or something. And they kind sure. of advertised what it was going to be. And so there, you know, there were ups, but there were also, I mean, that was a huge downs, you know, our fares are very expensive. And so yeah, uh, to invest that much money and then have it just flop for, I would say it flopped for like 75% of the exhibitors. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Do you think, just, do you think that was just because... It was kind of a new way experience in art fair. Was it um, that, you know, like the audience maybe wasn't really into it or no. you know, what do you what do you think? 
in in my opinion, when I looked at it from a business perspective, um, as a professional, they mishandle. They didn't advertise for one. They didn't advertise nearly enough. Sure. And then yeah. they also miss. Um, they misrepresented represented what it was going to be like, and so hmm. they. And so the vendors weren't, the exhibitors weren't really prepared, I guess you could say for what it was going to be like. And there was a lot of like last minute issues and a lot of technical glitches and then sure. there was advertising. And so really what it came down to was there was very little traffic and yeah. the traffic that did come ran into so many issues that it was a total turnoff. Yeah. That's too so, bad. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't blame it on it being an art fair online um because there were several that worked well that you know were successful yeah you know but it it's a, it was definitely a learning curve for everyone a growing experience <laughs> yes and yeah. you know it would have been nice if they were a little bit more humble about it because they they definitely weren't there was no accountability or anything so that was rough but yeah you know other than that like we did the sales were were great considering the situation. We opened up the gallery in you know June with our um, A Thread of Color by Natalie Chicarico. Yeah. And that was great. And then we had, um, you know, that went really well. And we did most of our sales over the internet for that pe- for that show. And yeah. then we moved more into in-person with uh, our local, we had a local artist here, Whitney Pintello, and that was more of a um, in-person as well, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so then for you, this last year, I mean, it's been obviously, I mean, I don't know when you had Sixth Street kind of like already in mind, if that was even at the time that we had interviewed you about a year ago. But um, what, this last year with COVID, with uh, having, you know, making pivots with 1202 and then starting the Sixth Street, what what's something you kind of learned more about yourself than necessarily the business or even the art world? What's something that you found out about yourself or learned about yourself? That's an excellent question. Um, I just, I think that I realized that what I really love to do is um, I love to get this. I love to have the satisfaction of helping people and creating something that is meaningful that has impact on other people's lives like positive impact on their lives and mm-hmm. and obviously more not just in you know for taxes for me i guess this year i realized that i love doing them because i more than often than not i help people like they're very yeah. grateful for you know the advice i give them and everything like that and i think that's wonderful and yeah. i really enjoy that part and now that i've moved into the art sector um, meeting these, you know, artists who have been just neglected by galleries or mistreated by galleries or, you know, not given the time of day, which is to me, you know, I look at their work and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like you have amazing, amazing work. And to be able to shine a spotlight on them has been an incredible experience. And then to get the feedback from collectors, like, you know, in my first two fair booths, people were just like, these works are so incredible. Like I've never seen anything like this. I love, you know, I love your setup and it's not me, you know, none of it is me. It's just me bringing all these artists together, but it's the artists and giving them that opportunity has been like so, so incredible. Um, 
And then with Sixth Street, like I have been getting so many people like, thank you so much for opening this. You know, we've needed something like this for so long. Uh, Uh, And just, you know, people are so eager to participate and, and everything. I had another woman saying like, you need to open up one of these in San Jose. And so (laughs) I just, you know, being successful for me is not, I mean, yes, financially, obviously I need to feed my kids and, you know, all that stuff. But I really enjoyed that portion of it is just making things work to benefit other people in these ways that haven't been done yet. It's just immensely satisfying for me. Um, That's great. And I get to stare at art all the time, which is obviously my passion since I have two degrees in it. So Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's the thing is like, I remember when I had my own little epiphany and said like, okay, really, you know, to live is to give like, in the end of the day, like what's the most satisfying thing is really helping others, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, you can accumulate wealth and money and whatever, but that can see, even like you were saying, like, you you know, you enjoy doing the taxes because it's helping people. If you're just doing stuff just, you know, and it, you don't see that benefit, it's so hard to get joy out, out of life. So yeah. I'm excited for you. That's great. Um, well, I'll have to tell you, you know, so that's what you've learned about yourself, which is great. Well, I have to tell you what the community has learned is that you're a badass. You're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am so excited just for not, you know, for the South County, for Gilroy, for Watsonville, Morgan Hill. And even, you know, since I'm more of a downtowner, San Jose, even mm-hmm. like what that means for just the connection of this whole region. I think it's really cool what you're doing. I, it's so awesome. Um so what is it as you look into the future, um, 2022 and et cetera, et cetera, down the road, um, what is it that you're kind of like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to see happen um, like next year. If we were to talk again next year on April 27th, 2022, what was something that you would like to see have accomplished or finished or done? Well, I definitely, so two, definitely two things on both the gallery and the nonprofit. So in terms of the nonprofit, I would really love to see it just, I mean, ultimately just being utilized, you know, becoming a resource for South Valley and for, you know, San Benito County, even Watsonville. I've had people interested in that and just seeing that grow as a community space where, um, you know, cause we're going to, we want to do art markets and have, you know, local artists be able to rent stalls out every Saturday. We want to create art walks where we yeah. partner with local um, businesses and set up an artist, you know, so people can walk downtown and, you know, one evening and kind of see all these artworks and everything. I just, that yeah. is, I mean, a huge goal for me. And I, um, I was very fortunate to, to, um, have an intern, uh, Abby Betancourt come to me in our, in the inception of the organization and she volunteered to intern and help me. And she has shown an amazing amount of dedication. And so we've actually, um, she's just taken over the um, voluntary position of directorship for the, or for the nonprofit. Yeah. Awesome. So that's been great. And she, she's got all the community vision. So I have no yeah. doubt that, by this time next year, if we were talking, she'd be on this phone call telling you <laughs> all about the amazing things that we've done and, <laughs> and everything yeah. we've done. 
um, you know, yeah. bringing on some, you know, at-risk youth programming and uh, we want to do like homeless art supply drives and things like that. Yeah, so, that's incredible. Cool. Yeah, that'll be, you know, that for the nonprofit, that's where we're kind of aiming. And then for the gallery, um, I would really love for next year to be eyeing you know, another branch of the gallery to be in a bigger city to get more eyes on these exhibitions that we're creating. We, um, you know, we've gone virtual, so we have 3D exhibits, uh, 3D tours for all of our exhibits. You can always see them all online. Um, But I would really love to put these artists in front of, uh, you know, instead of hundreds of eyes, maybe thousands uh, in a, in a major city. And I have, um, my amazing gallery manager here chomping at the bit to live in a big city. So, <laughs> so you're going to do a sister gallery. Yeah. I think that yeah. having another branch of the gallery would be pretty incredible. Yeah. So that would be my kind of goal is to create a sister gallery in a larger city, maybe Austin, San Francisco, LA, yeah, something like that. And, um, share exhibits and then also have other, you know, um, separate exhibits so we could keep some, um, more regional stuff happening here in Gilroy and then also some regional stuff happening there and yeah. be planning to attend our first international art fair. Yeah, that's, that's good goals. I'm, I'm excited about that. Now, what are for you? Are you looking to, uh, well, one, are you looking to get back into your own art practice and two, why don't you expect explain the type of art that you personally do yeah um so yeah so i've been uh working on some small projects in terms of my own art practice but i took an intent a very intentional break from it after my uh artist residency that kind of spurred this whole gallery thing because i i really want to be able to focus and have intention when i'm when i'm practicing and I haven't been in the right space, I guess you could say, to do that. So one day <laughs> I would love to, um, you know, decide and be in a place in my life where I'm ready to to do that and maybe even go back to school and get my MFA. I've always really yeah. wanted to get my master's in fine arts and have that kind of structure and guidance in terms of um, creating uh, that I think for me that creates the necessary m- mental headspace, I guess you could say to yeah. practice and to get a, a good start on my journey. Um, so for now I'm just kind of dabbling here and there. Yeah. And what kind of work do you do? What, how would you describe? Your so I have, art um, I have a couple different sets of, uh, things that I do. I initially, uh, did large scale, non-objective oil painting um and most of and that's what i did for about two-thirds of my solo show was that and most of them have souls so I, I only have like two or three pieces left and then the other part the other part of that was interacting with the community and reusing um materials that were would have been thrown away otherwise so I used like old mat board and um, recycled Topo Chico bottles and just mm-hmm. things like that, that, you know, represented something or um, at the works gallery in San Jose, I did an installation about the amount of uh, waste generated by the Super Bowl, And um, wow, yeah. it was, it was kind of a, 
you know, uh, a performance and installation because we, we hosted a, a military function at our house and like used that trash for my installation. Oh, wow. For, yeah. You know, with Santa Clara hosting the Super Bowl game. So that was part of it. And yeah. now I've moved into um, smaller works on wood paneling that are abstract, but they draw inspiration from children's books because I read <laughs> probably 500, at least 500 <laughs> children's books like every year. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were to say what your personal like mission statement in life is, like what what is what's kind of like your your philosophy that that drives you and guides you? Man, that's a hard one. Hmm. I just I think it just goes along the lines of what we talked about earlier in terms of you know, finding, finding a niche that needs help and kind of supporting that and, uh, you know, staying true to yourself at the same time. But I just, I mean, that's, just, I guess that's just part of it. It's just like helping yeah. people who kind of need it, whether, you know, whether your kid is having a total meltdown and needs that like calm, you know, for you to be that calm in their, you know, in their storm or, or if it's, you know, your friend who's freaking out because they think they owe a bunch of money for taxes because the IRS sent them a notice. Like, I just, you yeah. know, kind of just helping people when they need it and not passing yeah. judgment on that and just kind of, I don't know, yeah, being steady in that, um, in that way. Uh, I think that's, I don't know, that's kind of where I've gone in terms of all of my, my business and organizational adventures is yeah. along those lines. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's that's awesome to see you at that place. That's fun. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I am excited to uh, coming down to the gallery pretty soon, and also to come by Sixth Street um, once. Well, I got my first dose, so once I get my second dose and things are opened up a little bit more, I'm sure this summer I will definitely be down there. But um, yeah, thank you, Emily, for what you're doing, and uh, thank you for your time to talk about. What, what you are doing and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. And I, you know, I have to say, I appreciate what you do too, because you bring the spotlight on a lot of people. So sure. we're doing it together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. We'll talk to you there. Okay. Bye. To find out more about Gallery 1202, visit their website at gallery1202.com. And for information on 6th Street Studios and Art Center, their website at 6thStreetArtStudios.org. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Visit our website to become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the local creatives. This episode's music is Tang by Chris Inman, who is featured in issue 13.2. Follow him on Spotify at Chris Inman and on Instagram at Chris.Inman, as well as his record label, Orange Label Records. Mm-hmm.